I'm Brian Carpenter, host of Fresh Air at Five, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Corey Camp, Director of Professional Learning at Sydney, and Dr. Kim Ramadan, a professional learning consultant at Sydney. Join us as we talk about instructional coaching, Sydney, and their podcast, The Coach Replay Show. What a cool show. What an awesome talk. You're going to learn so much, and it's so much fun. Thanks for joining us. And by the way, before you go, it'd be so cool if you went to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews, and uh, left a review. You can also go to any of the podcast platforms where we are, like uh, Apple or or like uh, Google Podcasts or or like uh, Amazon Music and Spotify and uh, iHeartRadio, and you could leave one there if you want to. It'd be awesome if you did that because uh, that's how we get noticed in the podcast zone. <laughs> so cool. Thanks so much. You are awesome. Enjoy the show. Hey, do you like awesome rings? Do you need a ring to replace one that you lost ages ago? Or do you need a new wedding band because yours is no longer fixable? Well, <laughs> I have this cool sponsor, Boone Titanium Rings. They can be found at boonrings.com. They make their rings from titanium, and you can get the rings carved, engraved, inlaid, laser cut. There's even special collections like the Hunter Series or the Gamer Rings or the Black Zirconium. Very cool. They have models that have meteorite, wood, or other inlays. Check out BoonRings.com, and at checkout, use the code for my podcast. It's capital T, capital L, capital L, capital K, and the number 12, T-L-L-K-12, and you will get 10% off the total and you will help this podcast out. Thanks so much. I love my ring, and I know you will love yours. It's the Education Podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests, and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Milletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah. With Dot Steve Maletto. Corey Camp is the Director of Professional Learning at Sydney. Corey is an educator passionate about inclusive education, instructional coaching, and designing meaningful learning and professional development experiences that maximize access and progress for all learners. She has professional experience designing, developing, and delivering evidence-based professional development in the areas of digital innovation, special education, and inclusive practices at district, regional, and state level, as well as successful experience utilizing both a virtual and a blended video-enhanced approach as an instructional coach for general and special education teachers working. Dr. Kim Ramadan, professional learning consultant, has served as an instructional coach in various schools and counties in North Carolina and Chicago, Illinois. Currently, Kim is a professional learning consultant with Sydney. She works with customers and users to change the way people learn at work. This work includes supporting customers in onboarding and virtual coaching. Her efforts have created more reflective teachers and significantly impacted student achievement. In addition, Kim is an adjunct professor at the University of Arizona Global Campus. Throughout her career, Kim has served as a lead coach, literacy facilitator, and a classroom teacher. She is extremely passionate about making a difference in our schools that truly need us the most. I believe that teachers have the ability to make a difference in students' lives, and I want to continue to help grow and retain strong teachers. Today, we're talking about Sydney instructional coaching, a podcast, and so much more. Um, Corey and Kim, thanks for joining me today, and great to have you on the show. Say hi to everyone. Hello. Hey, <laughs> Same time, Kim, right? <laughs> Always. Uh, hi, everyone. So glad to be here. Nice to have you both on the show. And uh, uh, we got uh, uh, um, a lot of stuff to talk about. And uh, this is really cool. So I've been having fun uh, listening to your podcast and uh, enjoying the different topics you got going on. But uh, before we do that, um, we need to explain what Sibby is. Can, so can you do that real quick? Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one, Kim. Sydney, uh, who powers our podcast and web show, stands for Seeing is Believing Me. It's a professional learning platform, uh, first and foremost, but we also have virtual coaching services, training teachers or coaching teachers, and then also coaching coaches on being a coach. Um, but again, at the core of what we do, it's about helping every classroom have a great teacher, making every moment a teachable moment, and just really giving teachers and, and professionals some um, 
choice and ownership and, and the power of reflection and collaboration in what they do. So uh, from my bio, you can kind of start to see the, the links as to why I'm such a fan of the, our platform. Very cool. Very cool. So good stuff. So now I'm going to ask you both what you do. So let's start, uh, Corey, you're the director of professional learning at Sydney. So what does that mean? What, is, what, what are you spending yeah, time doing? Yeah, it's a real fancy title. Uh, that means a lot of different things. Uh, I mean, we are a small startup. We've grown leaps and bounds in the last 10 years. Our company has been around. But um, as director of professional learning, uh, my biggest role is supporting the implementation of those who um, purchase our platform, who plan to use it to drive their own professional learning in their organization. So kind of an implementation specialist, which you'll hear Kim talk about that as her role as well. We really work well as a team in supporting our customers. We do a lot of consulting. So there's some basics of how do I use this platform called Sydney? Um, but then also, how do I really use this to drive learning, to empower teachers, to make an impact and uh, really support our students? So that's where I love getting involved and in helping design and develop programs, thinking about how this tool can be an enhancement to what you're already doing or if you want to build something new. And I get to work with people all over the globe, which has kind of been the most exciting part of this work is, is as, as you talked about in my bio, I, I started out, of course, as a classroom teacher, but um, have kind of risen and, and continue to expand the impact, uh, which is why I became an educator. I wanted to have an impact on the world. So I get to do that as director of professional learning. Very cool. Very cool. Good stuff. And so you got a lot of stuff there that we that was brought out that we're going to be delving into in just a little bit. Uh, Kim, it's now your turn. So um, you're a professional learning consultant for Sydney. What's that mean? Um, good question. So I, um, I think it helps by saying first that I'm an instructional coach, um, always and will forever be. So, um, in that work, when I was in North Carolina, I came across Sydney, which I don't know if we said yet stands for seeing is believing me. So we believe in the power of reflection. Um, I was having difficulty supporting teachers the best I could from across the Charlotte area and I came across Sydney as a way to um, support teachers and um, share a video and things like that, but also to help them reflect. Um, so when I came on board with Sydney, I think it's important to use the word onboarding specialist rather than trainer. I think initially um, you think, oh, Corey and I just train people, but it really is, as she mentioned, um, a way to help people you know, they purchased Sydney for a reason, but we want to help them see that vision and perhaps more. And so our job is to really help that. Within that, we also run um, cohorts as one of our um, opportunities for folks to also be part of services as well. So Corey and I work with groups of people who um, may need, you know, they might be a group of, of coaches or a group of leaders, um, assistant principals, principals, district folks who uh, work together to really just try to improve their practice as coaches. So, um, and the power of reflection for their teachers. So we do a lot of different things, which is why, you know, professional learning consultant just kind of works as the title because it really does encompass a lot of different things. Um, not just training people on the platform, but really how do we do what's best for teachers and ultimately students every day. Very cool. So, uh, so now everybody, you got uh, you you got the voices down. You hear Corey and you hear Kim and you hear what they do. This is good good stuff. So now we got to make sure that we talk about this, which is you know what you do is instructional coaching. So when we talk about instructional coaching, which we're getting ready to do, I mean, what do you mean? What's it look like? What's what's instructional coaching to you? I'm going to jump in first, just because I see, I see Kim kind of thinking about her response. But what I think is really cool about Kim and I's history is we are both instructional coaches first and foremost. Um, it's the the types of support for uh, teachers that I was doing when I was a, a teacher in my classroom that I was doing with my peers is what brought me out of the classroom almost kicking and screaming because I had other things I wanted to be able to do still as a teacher but I was kind of pulled into a leadership role there and then we were both 
customers of this company said me before we joined the team. Um, we had just such a great experience and believed so much in the power of what the tool could do that uh, we were given the opportunity to partner both first as instructional coaches with Sydney and then eventually joining uh, the team on the, the onboarding and, and implementation side. For me, instructional coaching encompasses a lot of different things. It's not just a cycle. It's not just um, a, a singular role. It really is multifaceted with a person at the center of it, and it can look a lot of different ways. It's very differentiated and situational. Um, but the heart of what I do is support my teachers so they can best support their students. And in order to do that, like my goal, coming from my special education background, as a special educator, I was always trying to work myself out of a job. I was trying to support my students so well and build self-advocacy skills within them that they didn't need me any longer and I could move on to someone else who did because there was always going to be more support that they need. And that's the same approach I take with my teachers. I want them to own their learning. I want to be a partner with them, whatever that may look like for them, given where they are, not just instructionally, but as an individual, as a person. Uh, and I want to work myself out of a good job. Not only when we are done coaching, when I'm done coaching you, I don't want you to just have met that goal and your students are more engaged, but I also want you to have built more reflective capacity. So the next time you come across a class where you're struggling with engagement or another completely different problem, you have some reflective skills that are going to help you tackle that. So that's kind of what coaching is for me. Kim, I know you've got some things to add there. Yeah, I think um, it's changed over time. So I think when I first started coaching, um, I didn't get support as a new coach as to what that looks like. And so I thought that it was making copies for people and making everyone happy. And then it transitioned to you know, my job is to tell people what to do, which is the very opposite of what coaching really is. Um, but after a lot of professional learning and some coaching for me, myself as a coach, I began to realize that at the very core, coaching is really about um, supporting teachers, as Corey said, um, on the goals that they would like to achieve. And um, at the end of the day, for student improvement, student growth, um, teacher growth, that's all that's important to me. Um, I used to think it was all about me giving information to people. And I quickly realized that that was not the way to do things. Um, and so it starts, it starts in the very beginning about what, what is it that teachers want to work on and helping them get there. And that could be me knowing or seeking out other people that may know more than I do. Um, but it really is a learning experience for both of us. I've never left a coaching cycle or working with a coach without learning things myself along the way. So my vision for what a coach is has changed quite a bit in the over decade I've been doing it. So very cool. You know, and just to know you, you, you both are talking to someone as, as a former principal. Um, I big believer in the power of coaching and uh, was uh, happy when I was able to wheel and deal or use some funds in the case of some of the schools. I mean, I, I went to places where they needed some sort of change and that's what I marketed myself as. And the instructional coach is such a powerful tool for making that happen. Um, and one of the things that, uh, um, you know, really shown is the idea of creating the environment in which they're working with um, not really telling, <laughs> not really, uh, you know, making it feel like I'm here to save the day, which uh, by mm -hmm. the way, I, that was pulled some of that out of one of your recent uh, <laughs> recent <laughs> yes. podcasts, which is cool. And because, you know, I watched some colleagues who dealt with some of that where it's the wrong, you know, it's not like the SWAT team showing up to um, take control and uh, wheel and deal. And then when they leave, everything will be better. Um, and in, instead it's about helping them. You know, and I, I think that's important. And so you, you said something that I, I, I got to see if I can get you to, to come back to, which is support for the coach. Cause I know that that is so powerful. Can you, can you talk about that just a little bit or? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there are a lot of different, uh, ways to support a, a coach. And in the beginning, when I started coaching 12 years ago, 
there wasn't as much, I don't think, out there. I think Jim Knight was, you know, there, but maybe not a hu- as much of a presence as he is or other leaders. There are countless other people who talk about coaching and, and you know, best practices and things like that. But, um, and there's a difference between reading about coaching from whatever leader you decide to to read about um, who may have done this longer than you. There's a difference between doing that and actually getting one-on-one support, which is one of the things we offer as a service here at Sydney is our virtual coaching. Um, but also it's provided other places as well. Um, there's a difference in, in those two things because there's, there's a very big difference between leading a classroom and working with adults. And as the principal, you know, you know that as well, right? You, it's, it's just different. And oftentimes we find our best teachers and we say, you should coach other adults. And it's just a very, very different experience. Um, and so that person as a new coach needs to have support from somewhere. It can all, all, often feel like a, you're on a silo or you're on an island by yourself as well. Because unless you have multiple coaches in that building, it can feel kind of lonely. So just like a new principal would need a mentor or a support, I think all new coaches also deserve that opportunity as well. Well, I'll add to that. I mean, just because you just you you have one conversation, you have, you know, coach somebody through one particular goal and the next teacher may have the same goal, but they're a completely different person with, you know, maybe they're um, a, a parent to a newborn in addition to being a teacher or they're in their first few years or they, they have bigger dreams than just being a classroom teacher and they want to be involved within the district and different things. So I think it's not just that, did I get some initial training as a new coach, but do I have others that I can reach out to that can be that mentor, that can be a guide and a support for me throughout my coaching? Do I have somewhere to turn to when I've just had an awesome conversation where I felt it was really productive and that person really learned and I learned and I can share that and reflect on that and think about how I wanna repeat that again, if possible. And then also, especially in those days where that was a really tough conversation, it was really awkward. I said something that I shouldn't have. I made someone cry, which I have done a couple times. Nice. (laughs) Um, And how do I come back from that? Right. (laughs) Everybody was okay. Everybody was fine. We ended up laughing about it later on, but uh, I was, uh, I can be quite overwhelming sometimes as an, an individual. And I very much was as a new coach trying to figure out what exactly am I supposed to do? I didn't know about gym night. I didn't know about these other things. There was just this idea of what a coach was, which was this expert who comes in and helps you improve your lesson, even if it's already really good. I've got to give you something to do differently. And and that can make people cry when they think they've just done really well. And here you are coming with some critical feedback for them. So it's important, I think, for coaches to have that network. And like Kim said, we see it more with our campus administrators and our district level administrators, but we don't see it as often for our instructional coaches especially around the idea that coaching isn't just this one cookie cutter cycle that looks the same with every teacher you have, but that you may need a different stance for different teachers at different places in their career. So how do you navigate that? How do you make the best decision and and learn from that as you go? I think that's all. Uh, um, that's awesome because now you're making me think about different interactions. Uh, you know, one of the things I discovered, which it was, it's not a, you know, just a note. I, I have to say this because as as a principal, one of the things, you, you know, you mean well and you try to support teachers, but a lot of times one of the things that happens, except for new teachers, is, is a lot of times the veterans start wondering, okay, yes, I know you're trying to help me, but at the same time, you're also my evaluator. And uh, therefore, there's this little stigma that goes with that. <laughs> like, are you setting a trap for me or something? And, mm-hmm. and even though you can try your best to make it not like that, uh, that's problematic. And then another problematic thing is, is that there's always little fires that, uh, um, that the administrator gets caught up in and has to deal with. And so suddenly, when you meant well, um, it's now no longer August, it's now October. 
and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah, I was going to help that teacher. Um, so just the power of, uh, um, of having instructional coaches. And I got to tell you, when I got a chance to have multiple instructional coaches, even better, man. Uh, so good stuff. Yeah. But- and I think it's too important because sometimes instructional coaches are hired. And then just like you're talking about with the fires, they're, their job suddenly changes. I think it's really important to have those roles and responsibilities of that coach clear for the coach, for the teacher, for the principal, for the whoever walks in the door. But also my job is to coach. That's what I should be doing the majority of my time. And so it, it, cause it can easily change um, and shift. And so to have that mindset from a leader where you're like, this is important, this is valuable. They are, we're going to avoid the outside stuff as much as possible to really let them focus on their job. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was, I just want to add like along that line, like clarity, when we work with um, coaches or organizations, that's usually the root of a issue they're having in the efficacy of their coaching program, either they're struggling having results with their coaching program. And we look, we're like, well, your coaches aren't actually coaching. They're, they're pulling data and they're running this and they're subbing and they're doing all of these things, which we have absolutely had to do, especially in, in these past few years. Everybody's, you know, giving everything they can and going above and beyond. But the other thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately, um, before I say that, I'll say that Clarity is also really important for the campus administrator. Have you really identified how coaching is different from your role? Your coach is not another administrator on your campus. And a lot of times, whether you mean to or not, teachers see that coach as an evaluative person. They see them walking side by side with their evaluator in the hallway. They have close offices. And there's this kind of distrust, at least initially, on is that what I talk with you about is what you help me with really between just you and I, or also, are you also floating this information and sharing this with my evaluator? So really being sure to kind of clearly draw lines and make sure that not just what you say, but how you act supports and honors that, that partnership that you're trying to build with your teachers. Um, and don't, don't, you know, set up the circumstances that you're, your make your coaching is working against you instead of for you. Um, but the other thing that I've been, you know, just kind of thinking about is we put a lot of, and this might, I might, I may get some flack for this, but we put a lot of emphasis on the coach's job is to impact student learning. And it absolutely is. But in order for me to do that, I have to focus on my teacher learning. If we want learning in the classroom to change for our students, we have to start with our teachers. So yes, as a coach, my role is to close the achievement gap with our students. You should be seeing an impact there, but let's just focus on the more manageable piece of that, that I'm working with my teachers and I'm closing the achievement gap with my teachers and their learning and I have an impact on that. And then there's that secondary, that ripple effect into my students. If I'm doing what I should be as a coach with my teachers, it'll naturally happen with my students. So I've been shifting my thinking a little bit in my coaching that while it is all about the students, I'm going to focus on that teacher first. So. Very cool. I, you know, what you guys are saying is so powerful. I mean, you got to, I'm jotting down a whole bunch of notes because, uh, um, you know, I got, you got me thinking about stuff. And, then, you know, like one of, one of the things that you got me thinking about is first I got a, I had a, <laughs> I had a couple of colleagues who, uh, you know, they were looking for, uh, they couldn't wait because the system where we were um, was going to make sure they each had a coach and, uh, and they couldn't, they couldn't wait. And uh, they basically made them a pseudo administrator um, mm-hmm. who was in, had some sort of chart, you know, one of them had some sort of uh, requirement to do deal with testing. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, and so I got to come back to what you said, because I think it's so important that there's a reason why you have a coach and that's to let them coach, not to take them away and be distracted by the things that your administrative team is, mm-hmm. um, that is distracted by or, or uh, whatever it is, your leadership team that you, that you have doing and handling these things. I, I think another thing that I, that I've, run into was <laughs> shake my head to, um, you know, cause a lot of times, sometimes people go, oh, I got another position. This is awesome because now I can put somebody else in there. And, uh, not that there's anything wrong with, uh, 
the other thing. It's just that that's not what it was intended for, which is to support the teachers and figure out how mm -hmm. to uh, help them in their growth or understanding of what uh, they're working with or, you know, that type of thing. So, um, you know, good stuff. I also got to, I got to say this, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, did you ever run into a problem where somebody didn't want to basically listen or avoided you or, uh, you know, anything like yeah. that? Uh, let me count, let me count the ways. Uh, <laughs> let me, let me count the times. I don't even know. Um, yeah, of course. Um, yes. Um, I think it is, it all goes back to the importance of relationships and, um, just like with our students, right. What's when we're struggling with, uh, with a student, we really want to make sure that we have, we build that strong relationship first and foremost. I think things that help with that are like, we've already talked about clear roles and responsibilities and everyone's aware of what the job is. You're always going to have a situation for whatever reason, um, a teacher or two or three are not feeling coaching. Um, and I think the, the question that I always want to ask myself when I take a step back is why might that be? Um, and try to get at the root of that uh, and not take it personally, because most of the time, especially if we just met, it has nothing to do with me. Um, it really has to do with other factors. Can it be that before they've had a bad experience with a coach previously? So we're already tainted with an idea of what it might be with me. Is it that we just are having trouble with reflection and like really, you know, aren't sure if we want to grow? Is it because we we're feeling bad about ourselves as teachers. There can be multiple reasons as to why. Um, and I think kind of building that relationship, starting slow, but not allowing people to opt out um, is really important as well. Um, Corey, I'm sure has some ideas for this as well. Well, <laughs> I mean, when you asked the question, uh, I thought back to when I was at a regional education service center and, and most of my coaching in the last 12, 11, 12 years has been as a um, like a consultant coach where I'm not tied to a specific district or campus. I'm not a member of that district. Um, I'm coming from the outside. So outsider coaching, consultant coaching has a different feel. It has its own set of uh, difficulties, some of those building relationship, right? Like make it even harder, but sometimes it makes it easier. I'm not a member. I don't, I don't, you're not going to see me in your grocery store. Um, and I don't know all of your friends and the, our conversation really is just between us. Cause you're the only one I know in this town. Um, but when I was at the regional service center, a lot of times it went back to culture. Uh, the culture on the campus in that district, especially if they were a struggling district who had been identified by the state. Sometimes there was a misconception as what, who I was. So some people thought I was with the state education agency, uh, and, and that was very intimidating. Um, I've had the door slammed in my face before, um, where I, you know, knocked quietly on the door because the lesson was happening, the door was locked, and I was like, hey, I'm Corey, I'm here, I, I emailed you, and I was just told, I don't care what my administrator said, you're not stepping foot in my classroom, and they closed the door. And I was like, well, <laughs> um, but again, that comes back to, has it been clearly identified what my role was on the campus? I didn't get a chance to build a relationship and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with that teacher before coming to see instruction. And that's always something I wanna be able to do is just get a chance to get to know them before I am let into their space. Coaching is really vulnerable because you are saying, here I am, here's where I am, here's, all of my strengths and all of the things that I, I feel could um, be strengthened and help me. And if you're really truly coaching and going through a true coaching cycle, that takes a lot of vulnerability from your teacher. And again, number of reasons from everything from the culture, what are people gonna think if I have a coach? Is this a deficit model approach where you only get a coach if you're struggling? Or is this just another way that we can all learn. You learn with the PLC, you have your independent study, you have your coaching, um, all of that matters, I think. Yeah, and, and like Corey, you know, I'm able to do some consulting as well. And the first couple of questions I ask a teacher is, 
do you know what a coach does? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you know what, do you know why I'm here? You know, even if they've asked for a coach, which in this case they have, they don't really even know what I, what I mean. And I'm walking into school, some schools here in Chicago, they've never had a coach before. I had a teacher last year who is close to retirement, who's never had a coach in her entire career. So my first question is, do you know what a coach is? If not, we talk about that. And then what is something that you really want to work on? Where are you in your day where you're like, this is kind of getting to me, grinding my gears, whatever. Let's work on that first. Um, Develop some respect and rapport with that person before I'm like, okay, but have you also thought about this? And and it's like a, it's like a yes. And right. Like let's work on your goals, but also, you know, let me, let me kind of think about that. And then they're ready, usually ready for this, you know, movement forward, but it takes that relationship piece. Like, do you know why I'm here? Do you know what my job is? Do you know that I'm here to learn? Right. Yeah. 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 That's the first thing that that I usually say. And and it kind of, you can see people kind of go, oh, and they're just like their shoulders relax a little bit because they're like, oh yeah, you're not here to evaluate me. Oh, you're not here to, you know, but you, that clarity has to be there in order for trust to be, to happen. Oh, I think that's so powerful because, you know, it's, um, once that's established and then, and, and administrators got to, administration's got to be true to that too, by the way. Mm -hmm. And, but the, but kind of going back to something you said, that's interesting about having a door slam, you know, closed in front of you or whatever. Because I believe it. And Corey's like, wait, <laughs> yeah, wait knock, knock. Hello. I'm still at the window kind wait of like, with my clipboard, like, um, I promise you'll like what me. Do I do. I, I promise you'll like me if you let me in. I promise. Yeah. See what? this smile? It's really big and it's, all, it's totally genuine. No. And, and it's a note that's, you know, it's un, uh, unfortunately I had to, uh, deal with that a couple of times. And what I want to mention is that I think this is where an administrator has to be clear also about yes. certain things mm-hmm. because they have to be willing to step in and support if that were to happen. Um, like I, the one time that I had to have one of those really crucial conversations was with somebody who decided that every time the coach would try to meet with him, he would be somewhere else. Yeah. Absent. Yeah. Had and, that too. I'm scheduled and, to be there on Tuesday. Oh, I get there. Someone yeah. says not there. They're absent that day. Imagine that. And so, uh, he and I had a little conversation. And that's delicate. It yeah, is. That's a delicate conversation because again, we don't want the coach to be the one getting the person in trouble or, you know, heaven forbid, eventually fired. But we also want to make sure that our coaches are respected. The learning process and support is there. Um, I want to maintain confidentiality between myself and the the coachee, the person I'm supporting. But there's also times where it is important for an administrator to step in. Um, and uh, I always do that. Like, I don't BCC the administrator on an email. I'll CC them uh, and just say, hey, letting you know. But I also try to understand it, you know, initially. That conversation did eventually go to the administrator to say, look, it seems like at this time, this is not a support that they're willing to engage in. Would you like me to spend my time with somebody else in the meantime? Um, and then, you know, can come back to that person. But uh, there's there's a lot of ways to think about that. But the coach and the administrator have to establish early on what are the parameters for their conversations? What's on the table and what's off the table when it comes to teacher um, growth and relationships that are there? And when do I need you to step in? Just like when a teacher sends a student to the office, I'm releasing control to the administrator when that happens. And I have to think about like using that very sparingly with uh, my students. So with my teachers. This is awesome because I, I could continue this part of the conversation for a while. <laughs> I know, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, because it is it is a delicate um, topic because it is real important that they understand that. Look, I'm taking an opportunity here for you to work with a professional who's going to who's going to figure out how to help you work with the kids because all the kids are different. There's all kinds of different challenges, and mm-hmm. whether you're working with kids or adults, I mean, it's the same thing. That's why there's professional coaches for all levels mm-hmm. of different types of um, professional um, positions in our world. And, and uh, you know, the, uh, it's something that uh, it's not meant to be uh, as uh, some people really become either afraid or they become angry or whatever. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm spending money to help you, <laughs> to, to, to have you, 
you know, develop a relationship that could help you um, deal with some of the things you might be dealing with. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that uh, is difficult in working with, with kids and stuff like this that uh, the coach can help you with. So, but mm-hmm. once in a while, you got to, you got to have, you got to have the bear in the China shop. Someone else right? in the ring. Yeah. You yeah. got to have that bull in the China shop that comes in and says, <clears throat> we need to talk. So, but um, aside from that, so, yeah, I'm giving you time to think. So do you have a favorite story that you like to talk about or like you'd like to remember that has something to do with, uh, you know, working with others and learning instructional practices? Do you have that one thing that always kind of pops up <laughs> that either makes you smile or laugh or it's, it just gives you good feelings? I think for me, um, unfortunately, I think I have a bad story for this. <laughs> I think I'm going to take it from like the other angle where I, but I really, really learned something. Um, Brene Brown asks in her podcast, like a leadership lesson that you've learned that you, that you need to unlearn or something like that. Or I'm going to answer that question because I think I learned so much from an experience I had where I was taught essentially to coach in a way that I was very uncomfortable with. Um, And in coaching meetings, it was considered a badge of honor if that teacher cried in the meeting because it meant that you were transforming or changing them. And I got to tell you, like my heart's racing just talking about this story because I had to do a lot of apologizing after I left that coaching job, which eventually I did because I knew it was not the right way to coach. It was not the way that, you know, but as, as a newer coach, I felt like I was doing what I was told and I was learning and, Um, so I did a, I went on an apology tour following that, uh, leaving that position, but I think it, it, I, I learned so much from it because I learned exactly what I need to not do, which is really listen to my gut as a coach, focus on the teachers, build relationships, all the stuff that we've talked about. Um, for me, that's what stands out when I think about a coaching experience that I've learned a lot from and I've grown a lot from, um, and the people that I've spoken to were like, I learned a lot in this too. You know, like there were teachers that I, that I am friends with now, thank goodness, who have forgiven me and understood where it was coming from. But, um, but that's why I think really good, powerful coaching that is not that for beginning coach for new coaches is really important too, because you can, you can learn some, some bad techniques if you are, if you go in the wrong direction. So mine is a what not to do example. <laughs> That's awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of those as well. I mean, again, I've inadvertently made teachers cry because I've overwhelmed them uh, or they, they didn't feel that they could go as, as reach the potential that I saw with them. And I learned very early on that I had to go slow to go fast with teachers and, and reflection was a really a key. I think my feel goods are, uh, there's, there's too many to count. Coaching is a love of mine and uh, it really is what makes me so excited about the work that I get to do is when I get to have, I mean, I love being able to support districts and and organizations as they rethink professional learning, but it all comes back to the individual, the receiver of that learning, the experience that's being provided. And I see this in in classrooms as well. Like this is a goal of mine in classrooms is to take teachers from creating lesson plans, because it never goes as planned, to designing experiences. And my most feel good moments are those where the coaching has been an experience for both the teacher and myself and where i've been able to have that that manifest in in those coaching partnerships the feel-good part comes when we usually stay in touch but when i hear about how they're moving into a leadership role or how they've used something or a few years down the road hey remember when we talked about this i'm doing it those are the things where i know i've made an impression and an impact and i'm getting to see it you know multiply through this individual so those are the things that that make me feel good in my coaching 
Right, I'll so. add a feel good one too because I feel okay. like I should. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this is Kim and I. Kim Kim is very practical, short, sweet. Like let's just talk about this reality. And I'm very high in the sky. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, I have good stories too. She uh, does. No. She has great stories. No, I think I there's a couple times when I've worked in buildings again, kind of as a consultant, where I don't work with everyone in the building. I might have a few teachers. I, you know, my heart sings when I have a teacher who I don't work with come up to me and say, "Hey, can you coach me too?" That's the best experience for me. It's happened a couple times um, where they've just kind of heard about this coaching thing, and they're like, "Hey, I want I want to experience it because it, it's all been you know good stuff." So uh, that has happened, and that really means the word is spread. The impact is happening, you know, and teachers are changing. It's a positive outlook, not from, not just for me as a coach, cause I'm one person, but coaching coaches in general, right? Next time they hear instructional coach, it's not a negative thing for them. It's, it's somebody that's going to come and help them. And I think that's really important. So true. That is so awesome. Very good stuff. Yes. Yeah, there's nothing better than someone says, Hey, I want to be part of this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I want to be part of the team. That's cool. And that's what happened. That's what helps sometimes too, with people who might be more hesitant Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I'm coming back to you, yeah. but like, I'm going to go make this team of people who are really excited about coaching and you're going to want to be on this team. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that sometimes that works as well, but it's exciting when it happens, um, for coaches all over, not just for me as a coach. Oh no, mm-hmm. I understand. That's good stuff. So, all right. So, uh, I appreciate you guys talking about that. And, uh, now let's, let's talk about something that, uh, you guys do. You have a, you have a, a, a podcast. It's called the, the coach replay uh, show. And uh, why don't you tell everybody about uh, what's going on there? And, uh, and we'll go from there. So the coach replay show, we're in our fourth season, which is crazy for me to think about. It all started with uh, Sydney CEO. We were talking about just the first, the level of frustration, which still exists with just as what Kim was talking about, this miss, there are so many misconceptions and, and negative stigmas around what instructional coaching is. On top of that, the use of video in coaching, which we've had video around forever to people who have gone through national board certification and been using video to reflect and receive feedback forever. And, and that's at the heart of what our platform does, not just video, um, but allows people to capture evidence, be it video or documents or other resources and share those, reflect on those first and then share them with a coach or a peer coach or a colleague, somebody who's gonna be able to help them process through that and grow from that piece of evidence. How do I use this to make this more thinking, student thinking like this happen? Or uh, that that's not what I was hoping to get out of that. How do I change this? Um, and so we wanted to, kind of taking a little bit of like an ESPN type approach for all of all of my my sports fans, fellow sports fans, you know, there's these two types of things you see on ESPN and and those those, you know, Fox Sports News, you see the post or pre game conversations where we're talking shop, we're talking about what should that coach do? What might be something we can anticipate? We're, we're talking about the things happening, topics important to that world. And then there's also in-game and sometimes post-game where we're breaking down footage. Uh, and, and when we talk about video in instructional coaching, we are often using that analogy of how video is used in the sports world to break down footage, to help you see the practice while you were in the game. We're now gonna rewind it. Now you're gonna be able to look at this as an objective piece of footage and determine how we're going to do more or less of that, what we might do in, in, in exchange. And so we really wanted to demystify the use of video in education as a learning tool, but also champion some amazing things, not just around instructional coaching, but instructional leadership. So our, our Coach Replay show um, kind of tries to take two approaches to our episodes. One, where we're talking shop with a guest um, about a particular topic in the world of education, uh, mostly leadership, but we also have some episodes around specific teaching strategies and, and ideas. And then another where we're looking at some kind of 
evidence or scenario and we're breaking it down, talking about what's great about it, what could be done differently, what might be an approach that we do as a leader or as a teacher um, to, to grow from there. Um, so those are our kind of two focuses within the Coach Replay show and it's it's exciting. It's it's a web both a web show because there is that video component of it and a a podcast as well. And Kim got to join me when she joined the Sydney team. What was it? Two years ago now? Have you been here two years? It's almost two years. Yeah, almost two years. Uh, she was like, "No, I'm cool. I don't I don't necessarily need to be on that show. I'll come on as a guest once in a while." And then I got pregnant, and she needed to take over the show while I was on maternity leave uh, this last year. Yeah. And She's uh, now formally a co-host of the show, and it's really fun getting to do that with her. Yeah, the most memorable show for me by far is I interviewed my dad, who is a uh, retired now, but coached for the same Hall school. Of, Hall of Fame coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach, but coached for the same school for 40 years, uh, has over 700 wins. So it was exciting to talk to him about how the, the similarities between coaching on, on the court, uh, basketball court in his case and coaching in education, because, you know, he told me, I said, I'm going to be a teacher. And he's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I was like, yes, I am. But I really wanted to be a coach. Like I really wanted to do what I saw him doing. Um, so I was able to interview him on the show by far my, my favorite, but there's been a lot of really great educators. We've, we've connected with authors like Pete Hall or, um, you know, influencers, I would say, in the education world. It's amazing how social media brings people together. Um, through Twitter, we've met some people and brought them on the show. It's been it's been a fun experience where you may know somebody from over here and virtually, and then now you're on a Zoom and interviewing them. And it's a great learning experience as a host, as well as, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for our audience. So Corey's brainchild, I just am along for the ride. <laughs> Very nice. That's cool. The uh, good stuff. Well, I've listened and, and it's, uh, it's great. I'm a subscriber and, uh, and yeah. uh, I hope the audience will do this. They need to do the same because it's good stuff, and uh, I enjoy the energy and the and the focus that you guys have. So, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's like you know, I gotta I gotta ask you, what do you like most about doing the podcast? Mm. I, just as Kim mentioned, it's it is a learning experience. I mean, I'm a talker and I enjoy talking, but <laughs> uh, can you tell? Uh, but I. I think it's so cool. Like I've gotten to through through the podcast, really meet some people that I've got like every one of their books, um, and uh, or I'm using their like Pete Hall. We use it, one of Pete and Elisa Simmeral's text, creating a culture of reflective practice. Um, it was one of the the titles that really changed. Uh, coaching for me as like looking at how do I support and build reflective capacity. And that's the anchor text for the cohorts that we run, that Kim and I run. Um, and so Pete and, and Lisa have both been on the Coach Replay show. And so like we we geek out at moments like that. And, uh, you know, Steve, you and I just recorded a podcast or a podcast for the Coach Replay show. And so getting to have you, I've listened to your podcast as well. And so like it's just really cool. It's It's grown my network. And then I hear from our subscribers and uh, we get those warm fuzzies. People who are like, yeah, I watch you every, like I see them in the comments every week and uh, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is making a difference for somebody. Um, that's really cool, so. Awesome, awesome. Kim, what, what's your favorite part of it? Because again, she wasn't a very willing participant <laughs> well, in the beginning. Well, mine are a little shorter than Corey's. We always laugh about, because we're like yin and yang in a lot of ways, but. <laughs> but compliment each other. I like doing shows with Corey. I think that um, I've learned a lot from her um, in terms of like, you know, having conversations with people and follow up questions and things to ask just like generally and and how to run a show. But also, um, I don't know, like I said, the most memorable podcast was, was with my dad, but also having, um, I leave energized. It's a lot, it takes a lot out of you to like carry on these conversations for an extended period of time. But also I always leave excited. I always leave learning something. Um, Lindsay Deacon also was on with me recently. Um, she's a fabulous, um, coach went back in the classroom now is coaching again. And so there's so many connections that I've made. I think that's the most exciting part for me. 
So awesome. Thanks so much for sharing. And we're getting ready to close. Uh, um, and uh, I got a, a question to follow that up. But bef before we do that, um, you know, Corey and Kim, before, you know, before we finish up, if, if someone wanted to learn more about, uh, uh, about Sydney, about what you do and about the coaching, about the, the coach replay show, I mean, where would you send them? Easiest place is sibme.com. S I B M E seeing is believing me.com. And that is our marketing site, but it shows you everything you need to know about the, the platform, our services, our coach replay show, our, our learning center. That's the number one place. So awesome. I will have that information in the show notes. So it's easy for them to find and to go there. So um, one last question, and it goes like this. Uh, do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If you do, um, who was that person? What would you say if given a chance to say thank you? Mine is Brenda Marfin. Uh, she was my middle school history teacher. My brother had recently joined the army and she thought of a really cool project to uh, for the class to kind of connect with him and uh, write notes to him throughout boot camp. And then eventually as he was stationed in Korea, and that kind of, and she didn't do that just with me, but like she found ways to connect history. And, and if you know me and have, you've heard me talk about like history teachers, and I know Steve, you were a history teacher and, and you and I talked the other day about just kind of what that experience was with most of our teachers, but she's the one who really made me excited about history and, and current events. and. She's one of the reasons I became a teacher. I actually got to connect with her on Facebook a few years ago and I was like, hey, check me out now. And she's like, what, you? And I was like, I know. So uh, I've had that chance to, to share with her the, the impact she's had on my life. Um, I never thought education would be the route I would take, but uh, I kind of kept being called this way and I'm so glad I listened. Um, but I can look at to Brenda Marf Marfin's work, uh, as well as a few others that are kind of the guiding light for me as an educator and what I want people to experience. Um, for me, there was a teacher and her name is slipping my mind. I'm so sorry if you're out there listening. Um, but she, <laughs> she was my, um, uh, upper grade school. I think it was third grade reading teacher. And I, I've always really been into reading and literacy and all of that. Um, but she gave us an extended amount of time to independently read back when like that was what we did. Um, and, you know, the pendulum keeps swinging. But I remember just diving deep into books um, and love finding a love for reading. She really, for whatever reason, that really stuck with me throughout um, my career. And then, of course, my dad is a huge inspiration. I would put him on the list for all of the things that I was just discussing. Very cool. Thank you both. Uh, Corey and Kim, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for talking with me. Great learning about what you guys do. But, uh, awesome about learning about Sydney, the coach replay show, and so much about instructional coaching. Thank you so much. Wishing you both the best. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right. The opinions expressed on Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.